This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Welcome, Talk Catholic, the website.com, your host, Tim Kilcoin. No agendas here, just the straight and narrow, through Mary to Jesus, the Catholic faith proclaimed and preserved. Hope to see you here every week. Talk Catholic with Tim Kilcoyne for Saturday interview with John Henry Weston of LifeSite News, our last chapter of the interview. And we finished up a month ago in talking a little bit about how controversial our catechism was. So why don't we pick it up there and don't you forget your first Saturday devotions for Our Lady. So talk to us, John Henry. We've got teachers at Catholic schools fired for referencing the catechism. Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> that's where that's where it's at because the catechism now like the scriptures themselves yeah. are hate filled oh, of course to the definition of the world yeah and therefore they're worthy i mean if you quote them yeah you if they can't put you in jail which i at least for the most part they're not doing yet right uh, maybe you're somewhere but we're on the edge in america but you are fired from your job if you're even yeah. catholic school yeah i i remember 1995-ish when i was out in california at a catholic prep school and uh, a gentleman was just simply you know teaching straightforward teaching on abortion relative to our teachings and he just got taken to the woodshed uh, by a parent he was you know the the principal was of a religious order and he wasn't held up and i said oh my word this is signs of things to come for sure i'm curious not to uh, shift gears at all because it all kind of leads in this direction when you get not to ever take a, a non-hopeful approach god is in control that is for sure and again as father ripperger would uh, make comment all is good that everything is proceeding according to god's plan and god's watch which kind of leads it, my uh, questioning in the direction of our lady and the warning what are you thinking john is is this our, uh, our, you know, our long-awaited hope, or what are you hearing in those circles? Well, you know that it was the wife of Billy Graham who said, if God doesn't do something soon, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And <laughs> there certainly seems to be some truth in that, because, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, they seem to look like a walk in the park compared to what we're doing now. I know. Um, we are so far gone uh, yeah. that it is incredible. And I mean even inside the church. Oh, I know. So that, you know, it's just, it's the most insane thing. And I do believe we are beyond a, a political solution. So yeah. while I think working with, at it, lobbying, still doing what we need to do, mm. especially with regard to the bishops, but I don't believe we're going to see a, a total turnaround because of that. I, I do believe that we're going to need a divine intervention in order to get that. And to me, the warning is the most hopeful thing. Yeah. The saints spoke about it. Saints were convinced that it was coming. Various and, and improved visionaries were. Yeah. And so it's even in the popular mind because there have been TV shows and movies mm. that had similar concepts um, to this kind of thing. Basically, with the warning, you know, we're, we're given a glimpse of what the state of our soul really yes. is. And an understanding of Christ and the suffering that he bore for us. Mm. It will lead to massive 
massive conversion such that you know you'll have the, it makes for a great thing to all the evangelical kind of apostolic work you're doing you yeah. know to spread the faith yeah. to learn about it will all be used then in in spades because you'll have people wanting to convert thronging in confessions but also wanting to learn the faith because they won't know a thing they'll just <laughs> that's what i told my friend eric recently he says don't worry eric you know after the warning everybody will be coming to my house <laughs> yeah and, and it'll be there'll be so much hunger and it'll be a time of great joy and it'll be arduous i i think it'll be tough because there'll be i was out when i, I was asked to speak in, in 2006 and 2007 i went to speak in india yeah. and there was i was at a catholic retreat center it was huge and there was five thousand youth there mm. and they were hungry as heck for yeah. for the truth and so i gave this talk and my wife was with me because <laughs> i was speaking on openness to life and we had seven kids at the time and they said yeah you can come but we want to see her how is she alive after seven kids <laughs> but anyway so <laughs> She wouldn't speak though, so I was left doing all of that. Yeah. But you know, the throng to see us after and speak with us. Yeah. So I was doing counseling sessions yeah. with kids till like late, late at night, and I would go outside my room and they're sitting out as hot as the blazes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're sitting outside the room waiting for hours to talk to me. I'm like, Beautiful. wow, and I'm nothing. I'm not a priest. I'm I'm just a guy. Yeah. Share with them the faith. Blazes so hungry for it. But that experience really it made me think, gosh, if there's a warning, yes. there's a hunger for people generally, what is it going to be like? We've got to be ready for that. I, I, yeah, you know, I've, I have to pray for that. Yeah, the, your experience in India is uh, reminding me of an interview I did recently with a, a fellow uh, from the Philippines, the Disciples of Mary, which uh, was born from young people okay high schoolers just constantly serenading the blessed mother kind of similar to our lady of guadalupe and what they do down there and and he said in in the interview i thought he brought up a couple of points that i thought were kind of fascinating as a culture shock uh, to america his first visit i believe uh two things came to mind he said first of all he couldn't believe uh how everybody was putting their parents in nursing homes okay that just doesn't yeah. happen over in the Philippines. Yeah. And the other was in in the Philippines, he said, everyone knows they're priests over here. Mm -hmm. the, thus, yeah. home visits, house calls. Okay. Yeah. Uh, talk, I thought it was very interesting, especially the first one. You know, the, the, you know, people don't draw the connection, you know, between an old senator from Minnesota, right? Hubert Humphrey once said that uh, a civilization is going to be judged by how you treat people in the dawn of life and in the autumn of life. And we know what we've done, uh, you know, relative to uh, shirking responsibility for the dawn of life, i.e. abortion. But we haven't spoken enough about this, this um, scourge uh, of our elderly that we just witnessed uh, over the last three years, right? And, yeah. and not being able to see, you know, the connection between cradle to grave allows these secular forces to go off and have their way, no? Yeah. Well, definitely, the, a lot of, we have a whole cultural mess, and it really does stem from the 60s. You have that, so there was actually a song done by a group now, they were a secular group, but they were just noticing this, They and when we pointed it out, they were very mad at us because they wanted to distance themselves from life, so they were like, oh, there's nothing to do with them. But, but anyway, it was very interesting because the song was all, and they did a little video to accompany it, it was a popular, you know, video, uh, music video. That was successive generations had had large numbers of children, but always saved in scripts so they could hand on to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. Mm. And then came the baby boomers, who A, didn't have a large family. They had their one or two children. Yep. And they 
squandered all of that historical family wealth, yeah. remortgaged their homes, and handed on nothing. Exactly. And it's interesting because the generation that follows is the generation that says to them now, their parents, mm. yeah, yeah, old age home for you. Oh, and uh, take care of you. No. Yeah. No. And then also, hey, we've got a solution for you, euthanasia. Yeah. And the, it's unreal how that plays out. Oh, yeah. You can, it's, it's such a cultural sickness. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had, I mean, this is an unbelievable time of death. Like, when JP2 talked about the culture of death, mm. it gave the, the prophecy, if you will, about, do you remember, if you read even Humani Vitae, mm. Humani Vitae contains in it what will happen. It looks like a book of prophecy right now. Mm. Because it talks about how it would break down the marriage relationship, how yep. men would use women then, yep. and then it would result in abortion. And it goes on. It's incredible. Yep. But it all plays out. I don't know who would have believed it back in the day. Because I remember, you know, when we were talking in the 90s about mm. warning that this abortion culture is going to lead to euthanasia, people were like, oh, come on. I know, I know. Give me a break. I know. That's so extreme. Yeah. And, and then... You know, it always creeps in. It's, yeah. Do you remember when they first did same-sex civil unions? Yeah. And they all said, oh, it's going to lead to marriage. Give me a, why are you so extreme? Give me a break. Yeah. We're, we're talking about, and oh, of course it does. But it's just unreal that's amazing john what, what, what i find uh, truly amazing is when you look at it that, at the grassroots level it, it always boils down to the squeaky wheels getting their way and they never constitute a, the overwhelming majority of god's good people and yet somehow because they got the media on their side they get their way it's 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 unbelievable whether you look in the political realm or in the church realm thank god this is where my question about you know the internet evangelization as being a new day for catholicism it really is isn't it because now they got away with a lot of stuff in decades past because they could nobody exposed it as it was happening now everything's happening and it's exposed that day you know what I'm saying? And, the de you know, yes, not, yes. not a good thing for the evil one, okay? Exposure, a very good thing for God's people. And I, I have hope, you know, when I see the success of your apostolate especially, and others like yours, it does give gives me a, a great deal of hope that God's truth, I say a prayer in my morning prayers uh, to St. Pius X, actually, and St. Athanasius of Alexandria and St. Thomas Aquinas, that the truth will just keep rising. <laughs> The truth, would, and that God, don't let the evil one try to suppress anything. He's going down, and that only truth rises. Absolutely. Any particular um, uh, reflections uh, uh, for us, uh, John, as we approach days beyond? Well, I've never had it uh, impressed upon me as much as this lens. The, the need and power of fasting. Okay. Uh, we uh, got together with St. Joseph's Partners, a, a group that we work with. Yeah, speak to that and, as well, uh, John. I was going to ask you a question about St. Joseph's Partnership. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the financial times are so strange yeah. that we, we thought, oh boy, people should, you know, because we care a lot. We've got a lot of people who rely on us for news, a lot of supporters, because we're, we're supported, supported basically by small donations from tens of thousands of people. Yep. We've, we've the grassroots. 100 million <laughs> paid views in a year. And so there's a large audience there who we care for. And we know they are not only, yes, they support us, but they're also, you know, in a way, our family. They, they 
they pray for us and they sustain us. I mean, we're, we're a large group. We're doing a lot of different things. But so we wanted to make something for them whereby they're protected because we do believe that financial times are, are crazy right now. Yeah. Are, it's very dangerous. Yeah. Um, we When we saw the banks first cancel Trump, then cancel the, the truckers in Canada, we knew something was really off. Yeah. And so wanted people to be able to secure for themselves some, at least a little bit, as the financial people would say, to diversify. Yes. Um, you know, and so have a little something at home. I'm not talking about investing into gold in an uh, IRS or whatever. No, I'm talking about actually having some under your pillow. <laughs> so we were looking for someone to, a, a company that we could recommend. Because, you know, there's people out there who aren't all that honest, and then there's yeah. giving not so good deals. So we were looking around for that, and literally while we were doing the research, a company called us, and they were a precious metals company called St. Joseph's Partners, and they said, hi, we want to advertise with you again. And we were like, wait a minute, hold a second. You've advertised with us before? Yes, yes. I, and you'd like to guess what we're doing. Anyway, that's how it developed. And when we got on with them, mm. um, we proposed this to them and said, can we work together? And I kid you not, the fellow who runs the company, his name is Drew Mason, mm. he said, well, I'd like to pray about it with you first. Beautiful. And so I was traveling at the time, and I was in an airport, and uh, we talked, and we prayed a rosary together. And that was his discernment, and, and we came back after after that, after a little while, and it was like, okay, let's go. It was very interesting. And Drew is all about fasting, is introduced mm. to the power of fasting. And do you remember, I don't know if you know, but I did this show that went totally viral about the... Uh, missing Bible verse. Huh. Uh, there's a missing Bible verse in, in uh, chapter 17 of Matthew. Okay. Um, in Matthew 21, and it talks. Remember the story about when the apostles can't cast out this demon from this yep. from this child the parents come and say, "Hey, your apostles couldn't do it. Can you?" And Jesus casts out the demon. He's, "Oh, you little faith, whatever, whatever." Mm. And the apostles come by him later and go, uh, "So what was that? We've, yeah. we've been able to do this a bunch, but." Yeah. Um, and he says, some of them can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Yeah. A lot of Bibles, the modern Bible since the 60s, yeah. removed that. Oh, boy. And, well, they have some, I'm sure, some reason for whatever, whatever. Yeah. But interestingly, it's the weapon against Satan that when the devil is too powerful to be cast out, mm. as normal ones can, mm. through just prayer. Prayer and fasting will do it. It is unassailable. Like, in other words... Satan can't defend himself against prayer and fasting. No, surpri no surprise in the post-Vatican II era that that would be lost sight of, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is we have lost it on that regard, and it certainly seems that any kind of protection we may have once had uh, around is, is sort of gone. I mean, we're in almost freefall, and I mean in the church. I know. Um, and uh, that's why I often wondered, why are we lobbying the politicians so much? We should be lobbying our bishops more. Yeah, make, no, because makes sense. They will follow the church. God bless you. Maybe we can finish with a prayer and you can lead the way in that. That would be awesome. And thank you so much, Tim, for having me. And uh, thank you. let's pray because I think Our Lady leads the way to the resurrection. She's the one who, you know, believed always and held it always. And she's the only one who is going to bring us through this. And uh, with, through True Devotion to Mary, St. Louis de Montfort's great work that uh, I had my conversion. And uh, for that, I am forever grateful to St. Louis de Montfort and to Our Lady. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Father, in the most holy name of Jesus, by the infinite merit of his most precious blood, we beg thee, send us thy Holy Ghost, who guide us and to lead us to accomplish your will. We consecrate ourselves and our families, 
our work and our colleagues and our work to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We ask thee, dearest Mother, lead us by the hand to accomplish the will of thy Son always. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. God bless. Thank you so much, Tim, and you. From WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. And when we come back from our break, we'll finish up with our book review by Father William Casey, You Shall Stand Firm. You know, every era has some good and some bad. Well, here's some good from the 60s. The group, The Vogues, My Special Angel. Okay, well, in our last session, Father William Casey was truly going countercultural as he basically listed all the negatives associated with any woman who does not see herself as subordinate to her husband or thinks that career paths are primary to raising children. And we've been on this wheel for more than a few decades now, so it's hard for many women to tune in to exactly what he's saying, but it's all in honor of motherhood and womanhood and their dignity that I think of my own mom, who was a most educated gal and very bright, a Regis College grad in languages. And she worked in the bank for a few years out of college and then met my dad. And and that was it. She settled down very comfortably, happily, and peacefully as a housewife and mother, totally devoted to raising us and being there for us. No regrets. 
bringing up future citizens of our United States of America, and more importantly, dignified children of God. And she didn't feel that she missed out on anything. And she made that very clear to us through the years in living room conversations and pointing out the lies that women bought into over too many years. And unfortunately, it was the men that allowed it all to happen by buying into the contraception culture and not taking on responsibility for bringing children into the world and thus allowing the women to go out and get jobs that they really didn't need. They would have been much happier raising children. That's not all women. And remember, Father Casey does make the point that he's not applying his general analysis to all women, but he is trying to raise the bar for all those called to be a mother of children in the home and to be applauded for it and not think that they're taking some kind of second fiddle back seat to anyone else. To the career woman. As St. Louis de Montfort would say, God is sufficient, and I would say, so is motherhood. In any event, he then turns to the culture at large, and he refers to St. Teresa of Calcutta, who once made the astute observation, he says, everybody today seems to be in such a terrible rush, anxious for greater development and greater riches, so that children have very little time for their parents. And parents have very little time for their children and for each other. So the breakdown of peace in the world begins at home. Quote, unquote, Mother Teresa. There has generally been a kind of intense societal pressure to be, quote, unquote, successful in regard to one's life choices and career progression. Most of us want to be seen as somebody, quote, unquote, in the sight of the world. This pressure has been so traditionally and deeply ingrained in the American culture that sooner or later many of us will come face to face with the one thing in life that many Americans seem to fear the most, that dirty little word, failure. We must understand that if our hearts are not set on God and those things which pertain to eternity, that is to say, if we do not persevere through life with a supernatural outlook, the result can be endless frustration. Frustrated idealism often leads to cynicism, pessimism, and depression. There are many circumstances in life in which failure in God's plan can be merciful. When it humbles us, when it causes us to become less self-assured and self-reliant and to develop a greater awareness and dependence upon divine providence, when, by means of failure, God permits us to see what we truly are, left to ourselves and our own plans and devices. In short, when it has the effect of turning our hearts back to God or at least drawing us closer to Him. Attributed to St. Ignatius of Loyola is a wonderful little rule regarding the use of your talents and confidence in God. Quote, work like everything depends on you, and pray like everything depends on God. Truly, God's ways are not ours. Our best laid plans are often inconsistent with the plans that God has for us. This is exactly why, in the order of salvation, sometimes the worst things that happen to us turn out to be the very best things that happen to us. At this point, we must be completely honest with ourselves. How many of us would never have come to him had it not been for the personal experience of the cross? How many of us would never have turned our lives around spiritually and morally had it not been for the life changes that were compelled by circumstances of adversity, professional and personal failures, broken relationships, suffering, life's crushing disappointments. For men and women of faith, for those who live the love of Christ, for those who sincerely seek God, there is the Latin maxim, 
omnia in bonum, which simply means that ultimately God, in his mysterious and inscrutable providence, will work all things out for the salvation of those who trust in him. I can vouch personally, being on the long and winding road years ago and traveling out to the West Coast as a golf professional and thinking I was just going to stay out there for a winter and then getting lured into believing that I was going to be the first director of a golf school in Santa Barbara. Someone had to do it, (laughs) and it ended up that nobody did it. The job never materialized, but at the time I thought, better hang out for a little while, see if this happens. And in the meantime, I got into Catholic religious ed at the high school level, and just so happened to hang out there for five years, and thus launched my career in ministry. It was not my game plan, but it was God's. Now the Casey cites these words of Archbishop Sheen. In the order of divinity, there is nothing accidental. There is never a collision of blind forces hurting us at random. There is instead the meeting of a divine will and a human will that has a perfect trust that ultimate good is meant for it, although it may not understand how until eternity. Every human being is, in fact, like a baby in the arms of its loving mother who sometimes administers medicine. God sends to us all the happenings of everyday life as so many invitations to holiness in his service. The baby cries. The egotist protests, but the saint in the arms of God is content because she knows God knows exactly what is best for her. Thus, the bitter and the sweet, the joys and sorrows of every moment are viewed as the raw material of sanctity. To the heart that loves, all is well, come what may. We must have confidence in God. And we do here at WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. And yes, donations are accepted in the dog days of summer. But after all that rain, the sun of God is here. Enjoy. Let your light shine. That is what it's all about here at WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. But we need to hear your story. You want your voice to be his voice. That is making the faith known to others. Please My number is 877-625-3727, Tim Kilcoyne, TalkCatholic.com. St. Mother Teresa told us, your ministry is your work right where you are. Grab on to this microphone. God bless.